I'm doing one of them for a while, just do it for the old time's sake. Get a bit of ravi on, get sorted. Apologies for uh, being a bit late today, Zeb's got the skitters, so <laughs> I haven't got a garden in this temporary place, so we're, um, do have a cellar though, as you can see in Pitchforks, but just about to start, Zeb comes screeching it down, and it is a climate change thing, sadly, because um, when we got to it, it was in the dark, he was drinking all these mad little water channels, next day saw them, there's obviously algae and that in, so we've got them on probiotics, and it's a terror. There's, there's many flaws. I'm on the bottom one. You might come bursting through the cellar door like some kind of weird ghost. But that's 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 my life at the minute. So today on Cow Daily, this show here, we've got a variety pack for you. Ravi can wait. We'll bring you back in a minute. Um, smorgasbord. Obviously, I'm on the road at the minute, so it's a couple of shows this week. Maybe get one in over the weekend if we get settled in quick enough to the uh, new place. Cause we're on the road tomorrow. Also, if you didn't catch the show earlier in the week, other side of that wall is a road. <laughs> um, you might hear cars, you might hear mopeds, you might hear the Catalan language, which I'm going to, if, if those old guys who are talking there just before we went on are back, I'm going to take the microphone over so you can hear it. A dog went for Zeb this morning and they shouted like something like, Pogga Logga Log, like that. It was mad. I've never heard Catalan in full flow before. It was amazing. Fortunately, the dog got so well off and, and that was our eat because Zeb doesn't play no fools but it was just, it was just a mad time it's a mad time in my lives also the other night I sat on the roof terrace because that's the thing here right and the old guy from over there in the most Catalan thing ever fortunately my uh, partner's sister's partner was here and he's Catalan so he started talking to him Catalan Catalan basically what it is we're, we're in a wine cellar now found out this is the area for Carver had no idea so he was like oh do you want this bottle of carver you know what a nice man eh? imagine that happening in gate said yeah do you want a bottle of bella walker ha ha maybe he said it like that in catalan no idea what i do know is we drank it and it was nice and then i went inside because i don't like drinking <laughs> i had a glass though you know went in the room anyway how he's getting on let me know in the co- let, let me know in the comments just getting the tea in the one i made before zeb dragged us off to the woods nice woods like really nice dried up riverbed though which sucks but that's climate change we'll be bringing you news from climate change on the ground for a while yet read i think that's us just a boot might as well get sorted there. See who's in the comments. Who's in? Zoe's in. Oh, where's she, where's she gone? There she is. Good morning. E Bob, right at you. Jez Hunt's in the house. The king, the king of benevolence, the king of working class philanthropy. Jez Hunt, your friend and mine, Big Jez. Big 62 Boom One. E is a magic number. A nice t shirt. I love it, mate. I. Shouts to De La Soul, R-I-P. Aran, is that spelled Carver? It is. That's it's it is very, very the place. I, I don't even see it behind us, but there's like boxes on the floor. And they've just got Carver printed on them and da-da-da. Also to the home of revolution, as you can see via the pitchforks. Right. Leon's in. Good to see you, mate. Hope your week improves. Let's see if anybody's in. 
Slaz the boot, Ari, mate. Stephen Jackson, nice to see you, pal. Finished your brew. Sorry, Seb's got the hit and miss. What are you going to do? It's a, it's, it's a dark time for the lad. Um, it's not his usual house, so he's like, where's the bog, where's the bog? Can you imagine having the um, the skitters, right? And he, he, it was like the mystery bog, where's the bog? So you're already stressed about the skitters, I feel for him. So just done like a forced march, doing to the woods. David T's dealing the house, nice to see you, pal. Quality. Right, as I say, smorgasbord um, of stuff that I feel is important. Hang on a minute, these things. So anyway, um, we've been listening and watching for a while. You know, we've done a couple of shows on the Spy Cops Inquiry of the Years. So today's the day at 11.30, the Underclub, I don't know what time it is now, actually. But um, the Underclub Police and Inquiry will publish its interim report saying what it's learned from examining Spy Cops from 1968 to 82. 13 years after the scandal broke, nearly 10 years after the inquiry was announced, we'll finally get some official opinion. This will be interesting. Uh, previous guest on the show, Tom Fowler, that's at Tom B. Fowler, says, more important than my personal reaction to the Spy Cops Inquiry interim report, there will be a press conference and reaction from both at out underscore of underscore lives and at cops campaign. Follow both for more considered thoughts than I'm likely to give. Um, I've reached out to Tom. Um, he might have replied, actually, did just before we went on air and asked if he wants to come on next week. So if he's available, hopefully he can make it. Um, if you've tuned into his, great lad. So the people are saying, Slaz is saying 11.29, Jez 11.30, Bob's saying, report is due now. If you want to keep updated, lads and lasses, um, obviously I kind of search myself, but I can't click links in the live chat yet either. We need to figure that out. But if you just put a couple of bullet points of what the main sort of standout is, I'll, I'll put them up towards the end of the show. Nice one. So next, right, obviously recently we've been covering the old, um, <laughs> the, the the podcasts of so-called enemies like Rory Stewart and Alistair the Warmonger Campbell. Well, here's the next one, the ordered from Wish version, which absolutely isn't about finding out about how much money they're making. It's George Osborne and Ed Balls join Persephoneca to host a new weekly show tackling the big economic issues. Former Chancellor and ex-Shadow Chancellor will take listeners inside Downing Street to explain how decisions are really made. No, they won't. George Osborne co-tweeted, if you told me 10 years ago I'd team up with Ed Balls, I'd never have believed you. Massive lie, both as establishment as it gets, and I'll show you why in a moment. But life is full of great surprises. This autumn, my frenemy, yeah, right, mate. And I will bring you a podcast that will explain how political decisions are really made, explore the big economic questions we face. Just want to point something out. I shared this yesterday, and it was like the six-year anniversary of Laura Pidcock's maiden speech where she talks about this, and she got loads of um, flack about saying how she could never be friends with Tories. was taken out of context somewhat as well because obviously she was talking about work and relationship in general, but obviously the media pig seized on that. She's not wrong, though, she proved right again. Here's some so-called frenemies, Big George and Ed Balls, the man, the myth, the dickhead. So Professor Lucy Easthope says, this weird and disturbing third-personing via the vehicle of podcasts is really starting to trouble me. People who cause the pain get to sit and banter about the people who cause the pain as if it was no way done by them. It's a cruel distortion and needs more challenging. Absolutely spot on. And this is like a really um, better way of explaining what I've been trying to explain for weeks. It's the third person and it's the um, making out like, oh God, it just kind of happened. I don't know what. I, I wasn't really the chancellor, but here I'm here for my expertise. Absolute nonsense. 
<laughs> you're getting you're getting Alistair Campbell on the the previous one of these. This is just a derivative version of it. Like, again, oh, how did, how could all this have happened? Maybe it's the consequences of your fucking actions. In fact, it is. It definitely is. That was the jobs you people had. But yet, these these are number one podcasts in the country. Who who's watching or listening to these things, man? So if you want to support truly independent media, go to patreon.com forward slash cow daily. Um, we need to overturn these fuckwits because they have a lot of marketing and budget. And we have none. But I swear to God, I've listened to them and they're absolutely dire. They're more dire than Kieran. Anyway, why are they the same? Ed Balls wouldn't reverse anything from Osborne's budget. This is from back then, 2010 times. Those hoping that a Labour government would look very different from the current Conservative-led government are likely to be disappointed. As per the Today programme, what he would reverse from Osborne's budget yesterday, Ed Balls required that there was nothing. From yesterday, to be honest, there's nothing. I'm saying to you, from yesterday, I would reverse, he said, in his best Yoda. Foolish you have been. Absolutely and utterly, like, the... The, the manufacturing of consent, the so-called lively debate with an accepted framework, again. And people are like, oh, if you listen to Frenemies, they were really going at it, whilst omitting the acceptable framework of going at it. It's absolutely fucking bollocks, man, isn't it? But actually, while you're here, if you could subscribe to youtube.com forward slash cowdaily, that's youtube.com forward slash kenaily. Also, if you want to get one of the audio, you might only do that. Nice one. Come and sample on the live stream, 10 a.m. thereabouts uh, most mornings. Somebody's revving up their vehicle just on that road there. Hope you can't hear it. Um, also, um, we're gunning for these mugs in the podcast charts. There's a few that we've already overturned, um, but would certainly like to go a bit further up and start nudging away at the George Osborne's and the Ed Balls before they even get any Raj ideas. So... If you want to follow it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely top. Cheers, who? Reet. What's next? This is next. Caroline Lucas says, breaking, excellent news that Court of Appeal has ruled Braveman's utterly inhumane, grotesquely immoral and totally unworkable Rwanda scheme to be illegal too and in clear breach of human rights law. Time for an asylum policy which treats people with dig respect and dignity. I'd just like to anoint the mystic cow crown once again if uh, long-term listeners would like to corroborate, predicted that not one person would be sent to Rwanda, and it was all theatre. Cow predicts, cow predicts. Back in the game, man. Another one. And we don't just post with Ws, remember? The, the Ordell, we all have them. But I, happy with that, happy with that on humanitarian grounds, but also it's always nice to be right, isn't it, love? <laughs> so anyway, Adan, I think we've got some video, which would be nice. In fact, I now we've got some video. And it's just the judgment. And um, I think it's nice just for the historical record to get it in. And I shall bring it to you immediately. So Tia, here's the judge telling you. But the deficiencies in the asylum system in Rwanda are such that there are substantial grounds for believing that there is a real risk that persons sent to Rwanda will be returned to their home countries where they face persecution or other inhumane treatment when in fact they have a good claim for asylum. In that sense, Rwanda is not a safe third country. That conclusion is founded on the evidence which was before the High Court that Rwanda's system for deciding asylum claims was, 
in the period up to the conclusion of the Rwanda agreement inadequate. As we laid out on a previous episode, let's continue. The court is unanimous in accepting that the assurances given by the Rwandan government were made in good faith and were intended to address any defects in the asylum process. However, the majority believes that the evidence does not establish that the necessary changes had by then been reliably effected or would have been at the time of the proposed removals. In consequence, sending anyone to Rwanda would constitute a breach of Article 3 of the European Convention on Human Rights, which Parliament has required the government uh, to comply with. Honestly, is that the crack? I knew it was the crack. We said it was the crack that went through this whole like legal process, knowing they couldn't get it through the courts. And now what they're doing, by they, I mean the right-wing talking heads and, and others, um, they're attacking the, the courts, the judges, just like they, de- they do all the time. I mean, I remember that Daily Mail front page, I threw on the be- Brexit time, and it was like the picture of judges, and it was like enemies of the people, and then there was poppies around and all kinds of mad set-piece crap. So keep keep your eyes on the prize. I mean, it's not over. I mean, these things never are. It's about a culture war. It's about waging a culture war, and it's about um, delegitimizing the law as well, because that's what um, fascist takeovers do. So we need to see it through um, the lens of it's not always about the win in the court. It's how they can spin a loss. And I mean, if you want to go on Farage's Twitter account, Martin Daubney, um, other Reform Party talking heads, the Lawrence Foxes, I mean, it was an orchestrated and synchronized immediate tweet out, which they're very good at because it gives the talking points to their nodding dogs. And that's all proliferate now because, you know, I don't see very many people like questioning what they're saying from their side. So anyway, this one example from an account, which is just one of your fashion accounts posting some picture, which is maybe shopped of a asylum seeker in a boat with sticking the fingers up, saying I wouldn't be surprised if people start taking the law into their own hands. We've been so badly let down by this Conservative government. Um, it's attacking about attacking the Conservatives from the right, and these like bot accounts will start proliferating that and are doing it as we speak, one would wager. So um, watch out for this next. This is what the next stage of it is. We would we would be get, stopping the boat, but for the courts. Um, the media's already compromised. The courts, you know, the turn of the odd victory, you know, the law's got to be applied in a lot of respects. It's certainly not perfect, this we know. But this is the move, and it's always been the move, and it's the Bannon playbook, as we talk about a lot, Upon the cow daily. Um, something as well, like as I just thought I'd put up as a, a part of the smorgasbord. This from Reuters, exclusive aspartame. Um, it's also known as sucralose. Uh, one of the world's most common artificial sweeteners is set to be declared a possible carcinogen. That's um, it could spike cancer or create cancer next month by a leading global health body. Fended against the food industry and regulators. Personally, I'm really pleased to see this. I mean, um, one of the things when I used to be in the, like deep in the conspiracy theory game is. You, you know, I actually did go and do my own research and I found out a lot of it was crap, but this was being palmed off as a conspiracy theory some time ago, 20 years or more. Fortunately, I did my own research and found out what's just been announced there, so I've sparred well wide of it. I mean, we got some hydration sachets the other day. It's got sucralose in, just binned them. Yeah, we jogged on, so couldn't take them back. Wouldn't put it in, and you're excited like that, into my body whatsoever. Sorry to the people who 
see diet on the bottle and, th- and think anything other than chemical shitstorm and really bad for your health. But I'm really chuffed to see these things occurring. Personally, health is wealth. So as we were talking about before, t- the sign has been tapped once again. The meme has been developed and pronounced. Labour Party and Tory Party, Ed Balls, George Osborne, hands behind their backs, socialists, arms around the Labour Party. Take that arm away. Don't mug yourself, ever. You shouldn't. One thing we should also not do is mug ourselves when it comes to the water we drink and the water that we swim in because I know a lot of you out there, Duncan and others, with the ice guys and all of the other cold water swimming people, like a bit of this. So I just want to play you this. It's from, come here, who are you? So I don't know, I'll just escape this, right? Since being privatized, water companies which start out with no debt have used their monopoly status to build up a debt mountain of 53 billion, essentially maxing out their credit cards and handing out that money to their shareholders. This is from the New Economy Organizers Network. Um, it's a clip featuring Cat Hobbs of We Own It and talking about Thames Water. Check it. I know that you are in favour of, of renationalisation of industries like water. So why do you think that's a good option? And do you think it'd be appropriate for Thames Water potentially? Good afternoon, Anna. Um, yes, it's definitely the way forward. The way that England runs its water is completely unusual in the world. So what we've done is since 1989, we've sold off our assets altogether. So our water infrastructure doesn't belong to us. And it's a it's a really crazy way of doing it. What we've seen since 1989, £72 billion has gone in dividends to shareholders. And these water companies, they started out with zero debt, and they've built up a debt mountain of £53 billion. What they've effectively done is they've used the fact that they have a monopoly, that we have no choice about which water company we use, to essentially max out their credit cards. Um, and then they've they've handed that money over to shareholders. And then when, when people have come along and said, do you know what, actually, we don't want sewage in our rivers and our seas. We, we don't want leaks when we're facing climate crisis. The water companies are saying, oh, well, we don't want to pay for it. That's not our job and, and, and forcing it back onto customers. And so today, obviously, you know, water bills have already gone up in real terms, 40% since privatization. Now the water companies are saying another 40%. And, and actually companies like Thames Water are putting themselves in a totally unsustainable situation because they've assumed that they could just keep making money, you know, making hay while the sun shines and, and that would never come back to haunt them. So public ownership is the way forward. I know that you are in favour of wants to haunt them, that'll be me. And probably use as well the level of corruption and absolute urine extraction, not from our water, that is, from us, is off the scale. So when forty percent since privatization and they want to stick another forty percent on to fix the problems that they have created, which is you would say mad, but it's very on brand for these people. Look at what happens with these grace and favor positions that these like failed politicians get, like Angela Funny Tinge Smith, who went off and did the whole Change UK thing and then ended up as a on the board of directors of Portsmouth Water. And how could that have happened? Absolutely and utterly ripping it, ripping it from a high height. And you know what? Somebody um, posted the other day, I hope people don't pay. 
Well, I don't think people should jump into it like um, this whole don't pay campaign that occurred previously, which was a little bit raj. But I think something has to happen, doesn't it? Because quite clearly, and again, as we predicted before Brexit, they were just going to use it to extract the urine and keep people in indentured servitude. I mean, the show that we did earlier this week, we broke down people's cost of living, how much like an average person will have left over after paying for um, bills, but not food and for there's nothing left for leisure. And you can't run an economy like that for one, because, you know, people aren't spending going to the cinema, going to the restaurants, taking their kid out for a day out. Like that's not paying for somebody's job. They're going to get lose their job. And on Dan, businesses go under. They're just like, it's the people think Britain's a rich country and it's not. You've got a layer of rich people and a whole lot of poor people, but the layer under that are the people who want to think that are rich because they've got everything on Chucky, which means like on loans and shit like that. Like, what, like, listen, when your job goes and everybody's job's insecure now, when that goes, like, people aren't going to be able to pay. And you see the mortgages go up. You see these absolute jokers stick more money on. We said before the prices aren't coming down. You know, we talked earlier in the week about how even the IMF have said that the reason things are so pricey now is because of corporations putting more money on prices than they should have done, uh, like uh, above the cost of living. And yet it's been put onto us again. Something's got to give. We'll still be turning up here most days, every day. And <laughs> I see that I see the change. I'm really starting to see the change in people who've been like avoiding all this. And I get it, man. I understand. I understand that people needed a break from all of this. It's been intense the last few years, but here we are now. Demons knowing this, demons run the mark. See them things over my shoulder. Yeah. What are you saying in the comments? Good people. Kelsim, simply nationalize, block capitals as well. Tell them that's what we need. So anyway, Slaz is saying, the inquiry was set in 2015, announced by then Home Secretary Theresa May. This was in response to independent reviews by Mark Ellison QC, which found appalling practices and undercover policing. Do we have an update? Is there anything like coming from, and I'll just, two seconds, Slaz is saying he'll set, I cannot use links, dude, but if you could give like a pre further down, that would be top. Jojo rightly showing the fortune teller's crystal ball. Send us me flowers there, Mystic Cow predicts. B62 Boom 1 says, Brave Man has had a business dealings with Rwanda for years. I'm sure it was a way to funnel our money into a bank account via Rwanda connections. That would be speculation for the purposes of the show. Who's to know? However, the, everything should be investigated. Let's, let's look into that. So let's go. What else we got? Kel Simerson, be more France apart from their polis, absolute cans. The CRS, how's, how's it in Catalonia? Catalonia's fine. It's a bit more of a cast today. It's, you know, the smoke that's come over from Canada, it's kind of reached with. So it's uh, blocking out the sun a bit, which is obviously not the greatest air quality, but a big help because the sun was doing us in. But we're on the move tomorrow to colder climbs, and I cannot wait. It's going to rain as well. Get in. Big six two boom one says privatization of services like water, etc., is only there to funnel our money into the pockets of the already wealthy. Same as most of these things. And it's why the establishment moved against Corbyn like they did, as we know. I mean, I'm not telling that to you, you know only too well. But saying it for the purposes of this. 
um one of one of the reasons because he had all of the answers and it just comes up and again i mean i've seen all this like oh just forget about it and all that it's not about that man it's about like understanding and learning from it just forgetting about it is just pure establishment nonsense and bollocks it's politically incoherent and more than a bit suspect that position so anyway moving on seeing a bit of in the uh, so-called left media hmm interesting jenny schramm's in the house hi all you're right mate good to see you Carlos is saying, only just joined their personal circumstances. I hope things are all right, man. I'll watch you later. However, I'll say it again. This is exactly what the fraud and lie Brexit was for. Institutional theft on the same page, mate. I hadn't seen your comment when I said it before, but absolutely and utterly bang on as usual. Uh, Kel Sim is saying, how are the police there? They're like battering grannies with battens. I think that's probably why people have got these pitchforks in their cellars. <laughs> but um, aye, busies basically. Did I say more? They're busies. So hold on a minute. Carlos is saying, in addition, but above all, it's getting the population to realize politics is about their lives, about their families, their communities. It's about their responsibility to engage, educate, and start a thing. Do this, and we'll stop seeing criminals turning the island into a wasteland. What we see is a return back to the 1800s. Hey, you kind of fucking, uh, you can't argue with that, can you? Oh, nice one. Kel's saying I'm over in Perpignan. I have a place here, so just over from here. Nice one, man. We're not too far away at all. Still, it's Catalan business just over there, isn't it? Still seen as Catalonia and Perpignan over the border. Quality. How's the busies for you? Are they all right? <laughs> right, I don't know. See what we've got left for you. Oh, this is really interesting. It, it like really dovetails with a lot of repeat after me. I'm the scat man. What we've got here is something about Mandelson, which is from Dispatches, right? Two seconds. I'm just popping it in. Class, got that in there. This is madder than a ship's cat, but it's just everything that we've been talking about. Get the get the fortune teller emojis rocking, man. That's all I've got to say. Because so we've been talking about Lebedev, we've been talking about Boris Johnson, we've also been talking about the links to Tony Blair and Peter Mandelson up on here. Do you want to hear some more? I bet you do. Here it is. James Kuzik worked for the independent newspaper in the years after the takeover. Speaking for the first time about his experiences... He says Evgeny Lebedev did get involved editorially on occasions. There was a, a story that I took some time to write about yeah. a political figure. Yeah. It was a front page story and then there was another couple of pages in the inside. Yeah. I came back in the morning and the story had disappeared off the front page. It, wasn't, it was just redesigned. I asked the editor, where is the... Where is that thing? I mean, we had it. It was surely it was wasn't it there? Uh, we had a I had a we had a call. Um, it's not going to see light of day. He had lists of people that the editors were told not to write anything negative about. E. And there were people on that list, like uh, Tony Blair was uh, was somebody you weren't supposed to write about. Nothing negative. Um, uh, Mandelson, Peter Mandelson, the same. And I was told that list was anything between 20, 25 people. 20, 25 people had a degree of immunity. That's extraordinary. That is extraordinary, my friend. And obviously, contextualized with the treatment one Jeremy Corbyn has received, it would suggest most strongly that that is 
affecting democracy to its very core. So you can't talk about Tony Blair, Peter Mandelson, any of that faction, but you can make up lies and persistently smear through repetition and rote a gentleman who did, in all good conscience, try his best for the people and change our country for the better. E, who would have thought that that's linked to the Umbrian villa of Lebedev, who um, is being investigated currently? Um, you might not know, actually, but like the this week, MI6 has come out and it's been exposed that they strongly advised Boris Johnson not to make Lebedev a lord. He strongly and stridently was adamant that it was going to happen and overruled them. Um, Lebedev being the person that we've talked about on here before and showed pictures of when Boris Johnson shook off his security detail, flew over on a commercial flight to a party at an Umbrian villa hosted by Lebedev, a party where apparently anything goes. And the next day was flying back with the security services, not happy at all. And he was met at the other end, straight off the tarmac by the security services and whisked away. He was just sat on a usual like Ryanair flight. That for, he was foreign secretary at the time, is mind-blowingly ridiculous. I mean, there's always been... Um, tales over the years, right, of security services compromising individuals. But there's talk that Boris Johnson was targeted because he was seen as somebody who was easily corruptible because he's corrupt. So I think this story's going to run and run, but that's the background. Tony Blair and Boris Johnson um, received different treatment. Peter Mandelson and Boris Johnson received different treatment. And I think... A lot of it's like factional, but also you've got to understand the way the establishment moves. We've seen that, and this dovetails with the podcast of George Osborne and Ed Balls. Frenemies is kind of accurate in some respects because, you know, as we've seen when the establishment with the whole Corbyn movement is exposed from the outside, it'll mob up like Voltron and go back in on itself. We know these things. But also the fact that Lebedev owns the independent and was saying that this shouldn't be happening. Like, you know, that you can't write, even though you've, we're gonna, you've written that article, we're going to spike it. It's not going on the front page. That's huge implications for democracy, and it's something that we all, all should be concerned about. And we all should, like, look at these things through that lens. They're all the establishment, all of them. So anyway, E, says David Teasdale, E says Jess Hunt, who would have thought Boris's Russian mate in with the Labour right? E Carlos CWC, the independent changed considerably since the takeover. I used to read it many years ago when it was a reliable outlet. I did too. You'll no doubt notice both this and the Garnier, the Guardian, both have been placed as unquestioning pro Starmer. Indeed, I have. As for Johnson, if that doesn't think what does, we have actual traitors in our midst, no names mentioned, and not just the one London grad. Well, we couldn't possibly say now, but it's there for some investigation, my friends. It's Dave Slaz, Boris has oligarch mates. Never. Who knew? Who knew this could be a thing? Crazy, huh? Proper crazy. Anyway, I just want to leave you with this. Just want to shout up a new page, um, Fighting for a Fair Society. Um, it's keeping abreast of what's going on in Hartlepool. It's a page local in the Northeast with a global reach. Or wants to have one. So anyway, go follow Fighting for a Fair Society on Facebook. 
Actual fascist Anne-Marie Waters elected a parish council in Hartlepool. Morrissey will be happy. After being rejected by the electorate multiple times in the De Bruce Ward, Anne-Marie Waters was elected to the Heartland Parish Council last night without opposition, despite former council leader and Hartlepool Mayor Shane Moore and PBC Sam Lee being in attendance. It is believed that Sam Lee actually nominated her. A fascist, really? It's difficult to believe that Shane Moore does not know who Anne-Marie Waters is and her background, especially given the publicity surrounding her past, in particular her campaigns for council in Hartlepool. People of Headland can be forgiven to a degree for not knowing who she is unless they are politically engaged. However, they should now be outraged. Um, something to be aware of. Um, further moves from the fash to sort of move into elected office. We've talked about this before, where Bannon um, in the States and other places, they'll look at places where they can get people on councils unopposed. I mean, she's tried to stand loads of times and been rejected by the electorate. So she's now got a position on a parish council, which they say is ahead of her standing to be an MP in Hartlepool, a place that I know well as I used to be a community worker there um, for a time. So just keep an eye on the prize and all that. Right, in terms of the show, um, we're on the road tomorrow. Might do one over the weekend, so um, click the bell and do all and all of that. Um, if not, definitely Monday. Have the new studio set up over the weekend. So we might do a testicles. Have a bit of a crack, see what's going on. Uh, watch you for the baddies, stay close to the goodies. And um, once again, shout to the king, Jez Hunt. I forgot to mention the other day as well, there's still a little bit of money left for another air purifier. Um, so let us know, nominate some people. I've got somebody in mind as well. Um, so get in touch and let us know who's who's in need for that because we might be able to stretch it to a third as well. So Let's try. I'll stick a bit in myself if if it uh, needs be, if it needs making up, and let's get it done. Absolutely buzzing with that. Big up Jez, big up the whole community. And um, I have got a couple of decent ones in this week. We'll be back next week with a more regular output. And on the Tuesday, we've got um, one of the co-founders of Extinction Rebellion. Hopefully have Tom Fowler on. Did message him. Hopefully he's replied since then. Um, if he's got time, love to have him on because he's great crack. And he'll tell me about the spy cops and what's going on so anyway all the best always a pleasure never a chore chaps catches maybe it's over the weekend but definitely on monday see you later all the best <laughs>